Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Okay, so I figured you guys had lots of questions, certainly about the Buccaneers, about free agency, about their quarterback position, about a lot of things. And then we're still waiting for Major League Baseball as we do this podcast to come to a conclusion of whether they're going to play all 162 or maybe just cancel the season. Who knows? But we'll get to that, and we'll get to all your mailbag questions. Answered 100% correctly, guaranteed money back. Let's get started. Steve Versnick. All right, well, Casey had tweeted us, and he started with, why do teams only have until July 15th to negotiate a long-term deal with a franchise tag player like Chris Godwin? Are teams prohibited from signing franchise tag players even if they both agree to a long-term deal after that? Or does the salary simply lock in for that year? Yeah, I think it's uh, it's the latter. Um, you know, the franchise player tag is a special designation. The union and them, CBA, is, is part of this agreement um, where, you know, at minimum, the player – is guaranteed that one-year salary of, in this case, in Chris Godwin's case, it'd be $19.18 million, almost $19.2 million. So he's kind of got that aside. Now, he's got to sign that tender, you know, uh, and agree. You know, he can. it's not like I guess he can disagree to it, but at that point it becomes a holdout. Um, and we've seen that in years past. We've seen, peop- we've seen people not sign it. We've seen people hold out. But Le'Veon and, Bell's and we, done that, I yes, think. Yes, absolutely. There's been Skip. You end up skipping the season, and that doesn't help you because you can never make that money back. So it's really kind of a poison pill, in a sense, for for both the player and and the team. So the, the team only has so much time if they want to negotiate a long term deal. They've got till July fifteenth, but it doesn't end on the tender, you know, on the franchise tender deadline, which was just this this past uh, Tuesday at four o'clock. So I think, like, this is a long way of saying this. I believe that the Bucks were close to reaching a long-term agreement with Chris. I think there's a possibility that by the time we get to the start of the new league year on Wednesday, where the salary cap and everything really kicks in, I think they could have a deal done. Um, they franchised him a second time. They have to guarantee him 120% of his salary from last year. All of that, it's, it's a big number. Would Chris Godwin rather have $100 million, $90 million, whatever it was going to be for four or five years, uh, with with a good portion of that sixty eighty million dollars guaranteed, absolutely because he's just gone through a season where yes he made sixteen million dollars, but he blew out his ACL and his MCL. It wasn't season ending. The next one might be. So definitely, Chris is in favor of of a longer term deal. He doesn't want to be franchised again, and so I think that there's a chance they just weren't close enough by four p.m. on Tuesday to get that done. I think there's a chance they do get it done, and they have. Like I said, until you know July fifteenth. That I mean, that's right before training camp. That's really only a week or two before uh, training camp starts. So you know, this is going to be every team's best player or every team's uh, player that they wanted to protect the most. You kind of want to you kind of want to put sort of pressure on both sides, right? So that you know you're going to have that guy either under the franchise cap or tag uh, or to a long term deal. And of course, both affect your salary cap immediately after the start of the new league year. So it's it's just sort of an agreement that, yes, we'll let you protect one player, 
but there's a penalty, and the penalty is it's a lot of money, especially if you franchise them twice, and it goes on your cap. You can't amateurize a signing bonus. It's blank $19.18 million, boom, today, right now. Uh, and, and so they have to make that money available. They have to make room under the salary cap for that by the start of the new league year. So it's really in, in both teams' interest to get long-term deals worked out. We saw this with Shaq Barrett. They franchised him one year. They didn't the next year. They got a long-term deal with him. Um, hopefully that'll be the case with Chris Godwin. And for them, since the Bucks don't have a lot of salary cap room, you don't want to start free agency uh, with the sort of the legal tampering period or the, or the negotiating period next week uh, on Monday. You don't want to start that with no room under the salary cap. You want to clear some room. And so that's why by Wednesday, start of the new league year, when the 208 point whatever million dollar cap is firm, you'd like to have a deal with Godwin so you can then lower that number instead of 19.2. Maybe it's, you know, 10 million or less, and you can create some salary cap room uh, by spreading out the signing bonus or the guaranteed money, et cetera. So I think, I think they will get that done. I, I, I don't know how close they were close enough that when Ian Rappaport said at about one o'clock that the, that they were franchising him, the bucks pushed back and said, wait, we're still negotiating. We haven't franchised anybody. So at that time, they thought maybe it'd come down to the wire. Turns out probably wasn't as close as, as, as they would have hoped. Um, but I do think that they have every intention of not just getting it done by July 15th, which would be okay, but getting it done at the start of free agency because they have like two dozen players um, that are free agents and, and maybe half of those guys they'd like to have back. Uh, we'll see how many they can get. But um, I think it'll be done sooner than later. But it is, it is kind of punitive for both the player um, and and the team uh, to try to to try to work out something long term. All right, Michael tweeted us. He said, "If the Buccaneers cannot resign Carlton Davis, what is their plan to replace him?" Well, I don't know. I mean, they have some corners. They have Jamel Dean. They have Sean Murphy Bunting. So that's not a bad place to start. Uh, it's very possible that they're going to have to draft some because we saw that you know when Carlton Davis got hurt and Sean Murphy Bunting got hurt in the first game, they were pulling guys off the waiver wire, you know, and it, it became a problem. I mean, they had to sign Richard Sherman, who only gave him two and a half games. He was pretty much done when he showed up. Um, you know, there were other players, too, that stepped in and did a nice job. But you don't want to be in a situation where, look, most teams don't have five good corners, right? Most teams don't have two. Uh, the Bucks are fortunate that they had three young guys all drafted around the same time. Murphy Bunting is going to come up soon. Uh, Jamel Dean will come up soon. You're going to have, uh, you know, right now this year, Jordan Whitehead is up, who's a safety. Uh, that's going to be important. You know, Antoine Winfield Jr. in a couple of years. So they have a young secondary. Um, if they were to lose, I mean, if they lost Carlton Davis, they 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 probably have to go the free agent route and find a corner. I don't know if it would be a starting corner or a corner of the caliber of Carlton. There's guys out there like Stephon Gilmore is a free agent, right? There are some free agent corners. They're not. I don't think they're as good right now as Carlton Davis has been. The problem with Davis and what they wanted to do was they wanted to sign a long term deal, if they if they could, um, you know, with Chris Godwin and then franchise Carlton Davis for like seventeen million dollars for one year. And the reason is I heard this over and over and over again at the combine from Bruce Arians and Jason Light, which is yeah, he's a really really good corner when he's healthy, and. The when he's healthy part kind of tells you they're not really in it for a long-term deal right now. Um, but that's obviously now, if 
Godwin's franchise, that's what they're going to have to come to an agreement with. He missed 14 games in four years. He missed seven last season. And that's a good scouting report. You know, he, he has some injuries. And when he's on the field, he can travel with the best receiver, has bad hands, or he'd have 10 interceptions a year. But he's still one of the top corners, certainly their best corner, and one of the top corners in the league that will get a lot of action if, he's, if he hits the open market. Um, so there isn't really a better plan B. I don't think there's a better player that's a free agent out there. You have to remember, I've seen Sports Illustrated, The Athletic, they've ranked all the free agents out there. The Bucks have four of the top 12 or 16, depending on which, which, uh, which story you read. Um, and it, it starts with Chris Godwin, who is franchise. Carlton Davis is on that list. Uh, Ryan Jensen is on that list. Rob Gronkowski is on that list. Alex, Alex Kappa is on that list. So, you know, people think of free agency. Well, you, you just go out and get another player from another team. Well, the, some of the best free agents available this year are all Buccaneers. So the concentration is going to be to try to get those guys back or as many of them as you can. And now it may shift a little to the offensive line. You know, I, I thought, and, and, and maybe it's still possible, I thought that Carlton Davis would be the guy after Chris Godwin that they would focus on. But if you consider now that Ali Marpet is retired, Ryan Jensen is a free agent, Alex Kapp is a free agent, Aaron Stenny is a free agent, you really have just two starting tackles, which is a nice place to start with Donovan Smith and Tristan Werfs. But you've got to pretty much replace your offensive line. Well, if they can get two of those guys back, whether it's Jensen and Kappa, um, you know, Jensen and Stinney, Stinney and Kappa, you still have Robert Hainsey uh, coming back from Notre Dame that they think is going to be a good center. You can fill that offensive line with, with five guys that are either good or all have played together um, for some time. So that's, that's going to be their goal. Maybe even exceeds their need for a corner right now, at least, um, you know, in terms of, you know, what do you do with this, with this limited cap? number that you have if you want to get back both Jensen and or Kappa, who are going to cost you in excess of $10 million a year. So they've got a lot of tough decisions to make. Uh, I tend to think it's leaning a little more toward the offensive line right now. Um, But, you know, Davis would have been franchised, I believe, if they could have worked out a long-term deal with Chris Godwin. And that's what hurts you. What hurts you is that, um, you know, the, the ideal thing would be, to get them both under under contract before the start of free agency, but it might be a case where God, where um, Carlton Davis goes out there and, and you know the Bucks have his value at one number, and Carlton Davis goes out there and maybe he exceeds it, or maybe he finds out that you know what the money's really not that much better. I'll stay here in Tampa Bay where there's no state income tax, where I know the coaches and the scheme, and I excel at it. All that has to be determined. It's not always the worst thing if a guy hits free agency. It's not great because you can't guarantee you get him back. Um, but by the same token, sometimes it helps to assess value and get deals done. And I think at the end of the day, guys are chasing the money, especially if you're Carlton Davis and this is the first time you've been a free agent. I mean, that's what you stay in the league for. If you make it to four years, you want to get that generational money uh, and get as much guaranteed as you can. So it's not over yet, but, um, yeah, I, I think they, they, want, they want Davis back, and we'll just have to see if they're able to do it you know, before – before Wednesday. So I have a question because you've mentioned this a couple of times about Bruce Arians and Jason Light focused on Carlton Davis when he's healthy. Mm-hmm. Chris Godwin has played 14, 12, and 14 games the last three seasons. Mm-hmm. That's what, nine games he's missed? Yeah. In the last three seasons. And we know he's coming off an ACL and an MCL right. tear. What makes them so. Con- I mean, uh, there's no question his talent and what he does for this team. I'm not questioning that at all. Yeah. And, and I think, you know. To find a receiver that can do what he does in this offense, 
I think he's the best one in the league right now. Yeah, I think there's I think there's two things. It's a great question because I've had people ask me that before. Um, so thanks for the question, Steve Bershnick. Um I think I think number one is overall production. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes, they've they've both been injured. There's no question if we were just picking teams and we're we gotta pick offense and defense, right? And you and again the other the other part of this of this uh equation is you gotta assume he comes back as Chris Godwin. You have to assume that He's so driven and so focused that he will rehab this knee and he will come back as good as he was before. I don't want to say ACLs and MCLs are like Tommy John surgery, but they're routine as these days. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's harder to find guys that have played football a long time that haven't had a, an ACL. At some point, it's coming. Unfortunate for a receiver in particular because you know his legs are really his meal ticket. Um, but I think I, I I think that they. They see Godwin as as a special talent that's only 26 years old. And even if he doesn't make it ready for game one in September, at some point you're going to have him, and you're probably going to have him hopefully beyond this year. Now, if he franchise tags him, then he's a free agent next year, and you're starting the whole thing all over again. But their goal is to make it a long-term deal. So Mike Evans is going into his ninth season. Let's say Chris Godwin doesn't come back. Who are your receivers? You can't. You can say, "Well, we're going to draft a guy. Maybe we find a free agent." No, no, no. There's nobody out there really that's a better free agent receiver when healthy. And again, that's the healthy part. Than Chris Godwin, and he's been in your offense. He does a lot of things, not just as a receiver, but also in the run game. He totally impacts your run game the way he's able to crack down on people, block. He makes those combat catches. He's an absolute pro. Never gives you any trouble. Um, you know, all the all the qualities you would want, and they drafted the guy. That's the other part of this is that, look, we found him, right? We got him in the third round or whatever it was, and, you know, we developed him, and he's turned into an elite Pro Bowl receivers. 98 catches. Let's just look at last year. He had 98 catches, 1,100-something yards, five touchdowns, missed three games. He was going to set the franchise record for receptions last year. Granted, Tom Brady was his quarterback. He had one game at the end of the year. He caught 15 balls in one game. And then you look at Carlton Davis and you go, yeah, you know, it's really a convenient thing to have a guy that can put on your best receiver, blah, blah, blah. But at no point do you go, you know, led, led, you know, I mean, there was a couple of years ago where Godwin was third in the league in receiving yards. Well, Carlton Davis hasn't been third in the league in anything. Uh, passes defense, yes, which is great. But the stat I want are interceptions, you know, um, that sort of thing. So I don't think the production lines up quite as well. Um, and I also think that because the Bucks don't have any any great receivers coming back, if, it, if, if it's just Evans and Tyler Johnson and Scotty Miller, right, then, yeah, you may draft a guy, but he's going to be as good as Chris Goblin. So what are your receivers? And, and Mike Evans has been hurt himself as well. So if you go out there with just Mike Evans and you don't have, you know, Batman doesn't have Robin or vice versa, um, what does your offense look like? And I, I think, you can get by or you feel confident that you've drafted corners before. You're always drafting defensive backs. Look what you did last year. You won 14 games, and for the most part, Sean Murphy Bunting missed a ton of games, and so did Carlton Davis. Those are your two top corners. They missed a ton of games, and you still managed to win 14. So I, I just think they feel like they have more depth at the cornerback position. If, if somehow Davis leaves, you've got Murphy Bunting, you've got Jamel Dean, You've got some other young guys behind them. You can draft some more. I think they feel like they're dealing for more of a position of strength. They, 
I had Jason Light say, he goes, I can't, I can't really see us starting a season without Chris Godwin. They are just that wedded to the player. And sometimes you're overvaluing him because he's your guy. Um, it's a great question. They both have been hurt. There's, there, there is no doubt about that. Um, Chris has missed, I think, fewer games on average, but um, it's a high-impact position. You're going to get hurt, and it's unfortunate he blew his ACL. He has a serious injury, whereas Davis has not had um, that sort of torn lig- ligament type of deal. But uh, I, just, I just get a sense that they're more confident in, in Godwin's game and what they're going to get from him every week than they are uh, in Carlton Davis. All right, TV77 asked, is Cyril Grayson still under contract this season? He is. Yeah, he's back in 2022. It's it's essentially a one-year deal. Um, he's going to get a uh, an average annual salary, I think, of uh, $780,000, I think, with uh, bonus and all of that. Um, his cap number is like 895. But, you know, he was that practice squad player and didn't play college football, of course, a track star, one, you know, had a, had a, had a, a game-winning touchdown. I think that was against the Jets, right? Brashard Perriman had the one, I believe, against uh, Buffalo in overtime. So they really liked his development. Tom Brady liked his development. He's a hard worker. He does some of those things Chris Godwin can do. But he's not a polished re- player. He's not a polished football player. He's got some upside. The problem is he's 29 years old, or will be 29 years old, and – you know, he spent a lot of years with a lot of different teams. Now, he took something from everywhere he was. He was with like four different teams in the NFL or so. And he's just now getting a start in, you know, as a player, as an actual guy that's not a practice squad player. He'll have to fight to make, you know, to make a roster next year. Um, but he is back. I, I know they like him. I know he did some nice things. Got to remember Tom Brady was the quarterback. That helps. Um, I I just don't know how much they're really counting on a on a, you know, a 29-year-old journeyman practice squad player that has made really one big play in his career. Uh, he made a couple of big plays. It's not fair. I think he had a big touchdown too, uh, another against another team, maybe the Saints. But you know, still, he, he's not somebody that uh, that has a long track record in this league. So he is back, and that's he's one of the guys that'll be competing out there for sure. And they think he's going to make the roster. I mean, they. I think they're counting on him. If he's not their third, fourth receiver, he'll be one of them for sure. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. All right, Kyle tweeted, does the longer we go without hearing a retirement announcement from Rob Gronkowski make it more or less likely he's going to come back next season? Well, I think it makes it more likely. Um, And I don't – look, he's a free agent. So – and you've talked about this with me, Steve. Like, you know, unlike Brady, who I think really wanted the Bucs to know you need to find a quarterback, I think as much as anything, Tom Brady, you know, was under contract. So did he have to announce his retirement for any particular reason? None other than um, he let the Bucks have an opportunity to look at free agency, look at trades like we saw yesterday with Russell Wilson, maybe Deshaun Watson, look at everything they need to look at and try to find their quarterback. 
um, to compete with Kyle Trask and, and or maybe Blaine Gabbert. I think that's why Brady announced it. Plus, there was going to be speculation, as there still is every single day, and that was not going to stop. It was only going to intensify each day that went by when everybody's like, well, is, is he going to play? Is he going to play? Is he going to play? And I think he wanted to kind of remove that. I, I think he's retired, but the people that are close to Tom Brady tell me that, you know, give him, give him three months. Let's see where he is. And he has said this. Let's see where I'm at, you know, at the beginning of next year. Never say never, all of that. So, you know, I don't think the Bucks are completely, like they said, they're going to leave the light on. They're going to hope that he comes back. And as it turns out, his old job might still be available because of the way uh, this whole quarterback pool is going. Gronkowski is also a free agent. And Rob has retired once. And I would think it would be easy for him to do it again. And maybe there's some decision by Tom Brady baked into that. But unlike, you know, Brady, who has to tell the Bucks to pursue a quarterback, the Bucks know they have to pursue a tight end. I mean, even if Rob came back, they're not going to re-sign O.J. Howard. Cam Brate has taken some salary cap reductions every year, but he's not an inline blocker. He's not an every-down tight end. He's a pass-catching tight end. So they don't. They just don't have them in any kind of an abundance on the roster. So they're going to pursue tight ends regardless of whether Gronk comes back or not. And I think it's a little different there. So I don't, I don't think that Rob needs to jump out. One, he could wait and see what Brady is doing. Um, two, at least get to free agency and see what your options are. I mean, you know, the Buffalo Bills are a team that could win the AFC. Oh, damn near did it last year. He's from, you know, that part of New York. Grew up a Bills fan. That would be a special place to him. He raved about Joe Burrow. And certainly the Bengals could use somebody like a Rob Gronkowski. Um, so I, you know, he has said before, like my decision is not totally wedded to Tom's. I think we'd be naive to think that it's not at least a little bit uh, in the equation. But I don't. What I heard, and this was from a, a somebody I trust, but I can't verify. About two or three weeks ago, I heard that Gronkowski would retire before the start of the new league year, which is next Wednesday. Uh, maybe even before that. Maybe by maybe by Monday, right? Um, when teams can start talking. But at this point, if you get all the way to the start of free agency, why wouldn't you listen? Why wouldn't you just see, hey, if somebody wants to throw $12 million at me to go back home to Buffalo for one season, I always wanted to play for my hometown team, why wouldn't you at least listen to them? I think he had some talks with the Bills a year ago, uh, or the Bengals, or any other team for that matter. Cost you nothing. He's already a free agent. He doesn't have a contract with anyone. You're right there. You're on the doorstep to free agency. So, uh, he was never a free agent, by the way. You know, he was a guy that was still under contract with the Patriots. The Bucks had to trade for him. Now, he was agreeable to it because Tom wanted him, and they made that happen for very little compensation. Um, but this is the really the first time since last year, I guess he was out there a little bit. As long as Tom was going to play, and I don't think that Gronkowski was going to leave. They had just won a Super Bowl. Whether he kicked the tires on Buffalo or not, I mean, he was still, you know, he hit free agency a year ago, too. The Bucks had not resigned him yet, and he eventually did come back to Tampa Bay. Uh, but why not do the same thing this year and see if the interest is still there? And then he can decide. I just think that physically he went through a hell of a lot of beatings last last year with the ribs, uh, the back, and I think he was reminded of why he walked away from the game in the first place. And without Tom, he's never played for a quarterback uh, other than Brady. Um, was never been on a roster with a guy you know that unlike Tom, so that certainly is going to have a, a factor in it. 
I just don't know which way he's going to go. I I think he's going to retire. That's what I believe. But the longer it goes, I guess, the the more chances are that he does play. All right, Ellis tweeted us. As the team is currently ranked the likelihood of the Bucks addressing the following positions with their first pick of the NFL draft. Offensive line, cornerback, wide receiver. I think you got the offensive line part right. And that's not to say that you reach for somebody, but there's a good chance or a chance, and a lot of this will depend on free agency. I think what you try to do, the reason why free agency is before the draft is you try to cover yourself. I always say this. What does a team look like if they have to play uh, once before the draft starts? Before you draft a player, you get all the way through that phase of free agency because there's another phase after the draft. But did you know you're going to try to fill your needs as best you can? Maybe not with starting players, but at least if you had to line up, could you play? What do you look like? And if the Bucks get to a point where they go, well, we got Jensen back, we got Kappa back, um, you know, we don't have Stenny. Uh, maybe we find another guard. We still need a guard. I think regardless of, of how many of those guys you resign, the offensive line is something you have to continually replenish because you're going to have injuries, and it's hard to find It's hard to find any team with five really good offensive linemen. I think the Bucks had that a year ago, but we saw what happened when Tristan Wirfs got hurt. Josh Wells was a little nicked up. Jensen was nicked up, and they got Tom Brady You know, assaulted 17 times. He got hit in that game against the Rams. I think offensive line is their biggest need right now because they they cannot guarantee they're getting all their offensive linemen back. After that, hmm, it's tough, man. After that, I would say wide wide, wide receiver. And and I know they franchise Godwin and I know Mike Evans is back and that's a hell of a place to start. But again, Evans is going into his ninth season. Godwin coming off an ACL. Both those guys have been hurt. You know, you're you're at this point, you're not that satisfied with Tyler Johnson, the way he's developed. Scotty Miller, for whatever reason, sort of disappeared off the map. I think I think you have to look at the offense in general. I mean, think about it. Who are their playmakers now? If you don't have an offensive line that you're going to have to re-sign as free agents and or draft, um, you've, you've got one running back in Keyshawn Vaughn. You have to address that position. I don't think Keyshawn Vaughn's going to carry you to the Super Bowl. I don't think he's playoff Lenny. Um, Fournette's a free agent. Maybe you get him back. Maybe you don't. But you're basically looking at Mike Evans, no tight end, one running back, and and big holes at the offensive line position, and and two receivers. One who's coming off a torn ACL. So yeah, I I do believe that it's offensive line in my mind, wide receiver and corner. Because if I sign nobody in free agency at the cornerback position. At least if they're both healthy for training camp or week one, I know I can line up Jamel Dean and Sean Murphy Bunting. And I've got guys like Dee Delaney. i got some other players out there that I've used that I can back them up. And I'll probably draft a corner, but priority-wise, I think I would, I would not be surprised if they end up with an interior offensive lineman, a guard with their first pick, or a wide receiver. Neither of those would surprise me. All right, Joe tweeted us. Rick. One team out there is going to trade for Deshaun Watson, and most likely they're in the NFC. If you had to take an educated guess, which team pulls the trigger? Um, it's hmm, a good question. The one that has the most compensation to pull the trigger is Philadelphia because they have three number one picks in the you know this year, and, and that's currency that obviously the Houston Texans would love to have, and it frankly out 
outbids anybody else who would have to use future years, I believe. I thought Deshaun Watson was a candidate for the Denver Broncos. They obviously made the deal for this for Russell Wilson. Now, all of a sudden, Seattle is in play. Um, that's an interesting situation. It's still hard for me to believe that Pete Carroll at 71 is in what, for all the world, looks now like a total rebuild, right? Um, I don't know how else you would, you would consider that situation. And outside of Drew Locke, they don't have a quarterback. So Seattle's in there for sure. The one that I think... Something tells me we're going to see Deshaun Watson in the NFC South, and I think we're going to see him in Carolina. Uh, not far from his hometown in Georgia. I, I, I don't think that the Panthers are, are certainly wedded to Sam Darnold. We know the Cam Newton experiment or fill-in is over. You know Matt Rule has to find a quarterback, and he has to find one right now. Free agent-wise, we know you know who they are. There's not that many great players left out there in free agency unless you're talking about, um, you know, they've already had Teddy Bridgewater in Carolina. You're talking about Jameis Winston. Those are really your top two guys. Maybe a Mitch Trubisky, um, depending on who you talk to. He could be in that mix as well. So there's not even an abundance of free agent quarterbacks. So I think if I had to take an educated guess, if Philadelphia doesn't give up on – Jalen Hurts, and there was an, they had interest before in Deshaun. But then Hurts went out and played okay. Um, and if Philadelphia doesn't use all that currency, assuming all the problems go away, and, and, and there, somebody's going to take the risk, right? Somebody's going to say, well, he might get suspended, whatever. Uh, people are going to protest. Someone's going to take the risk. At, at this point, it seems to me like maybe that, that, that team's going to be Carolina, excluding the Bucks, Because I really believe that the Bucks are still in it for Deshaun Watson. Um, like I said, they they ranked those quarterbacks that were maybe available through trade, and Green Bay Aaron Rodgers was one. Deshaun Watson is two, and then Russell Wilson, which is interesting, right? Watson played in the AFC; he'll probably be traded to the NFC. Wilson played in the a- in the NFC, traded to the AFC. Not a surprise that uh, those teams changed conferences. I think the Bucks have to hope that Watson clears up his situation, I think then they have to convince the owners. But if you're but as far as I know, Bruce Arians would be all for it. Uh Byron Leftwich would be for it, certainly Clyde Christensen would be for it. It's weird. The whole Watson thing is weird. Like it's creepy what he's alleged to have done and how many women have come forward with it. I don't know where to put that in my mind. He's denied a lot of this or most of it. He's pleading the fifth uh for his criminal, his civil cases, because he's facing 10 uh, possible criminal complaints. And so anything he said in the civil depositions with them, he used against him. Um, he sort of maintained his innocence before that though, you have to look really hard to find anything that Deshaun Watson has done wrong in his life. Like there are people that have been around him, you know, going back before the college days at Clemson that know the guy. I mean, you know, we've said this before where, you know, he, the story goes that, Warwick Dunn was one of those people that, with the Home for the Holidays, actually Watson's family was the benefactor, a beneficiary of that uh, in Georgia. And, you know, and, and he's he seemed to have said and done the right things, and then boom, uh, this thing happened. So they're having trouble figuring out what this is all about and, and how it went sideways. But, um, but yeah, I, I, I think that Watson will be traded. I, I think it'll be to an NFC team. If it's not Tampa, and that seems to be a long shot, I'd keep my eye on Carolina. 
I really would. I thought Den- Denver was the place I thought he was going to go, and I think he would have liked to have gone there. Miami has said now they're out. They don't. They're out of the the Watson sweepstakes. They almost traded for him a year ago, so they're out. Uh, and that's an AFC team, obviously. But keep your eye on Carolina. All right, Kyle tweeted us with Green Bay signing Rodgers to an extension. Don't you see them making Jordan Love available for a trade at some point? Well, that's the next speculation that maybe they would. Um, and it makes sense, I guess, on the level that, you know, Rodgers did a four-year deal and they're going to pay him, what, $150 million guaranteed. So even at three years, $50 million each, that's, you know, by that time, Jordan Love will be a free agent. I don't know that it happens this year. It could. It could. Um, it's a tough one because, you know, they used the first-round pick on him and he hasn't played. And when he did play, when Rodgers was out because of the whole – uh, COVID situation, he didn't play well. So the Packers know more about him than than certainly a lot of other teams do. I'm sure some teams were really interested in him when he came out. I just don't I don't feel like he has the value because he's not been on the field. We've never seen him, so it's such a projection. And and really, you know, if you're the Packers and you think you have a Super Bowl team, and why wouldn't they think that, right? You know, Rodgers could get hurt. You know, that's the bottom line. Like, you could lose Rodgers for a couple games or more. Do you, if you really believe in, in Jordan Love, do you have to trade him now? I don't think they do. And, and my sense is they get along really well. Like, everybody likes the guy, from what I understand. Rodgers and him are, are fairly close. He's got to be the most bummed guy in the NFL right now um, because it looked for all the world like Aaron might go someplace else, probably to Denver. Not a coincidence, as soon as Rodgers agreed to stay in Green Bay, that's when Seattle pulled the trigger and immediately had Russell Wilson because I think I think Rodgers was a possibility there, obviously. Um, and so I, I think Jordan Love stays this year. It, there'll be some phone calls. They'll field some phone calls. I just don't know what you would give up for him. I don't think it would be very much. And if you can't get very much and you're the Packers, isn't he more valuable to you under a rookie contract? Because you're paying all this money for the quarter, the starter – you really don't have any money for a backup, but you got a guy under his rookie deal, and and the Packers are all in for a Super Bowl. I think you probably leave that situation alone at least for another year. So, I don't think he'll be available, but we'll have to wait and see. All right, we didn't get to all your questions. We'll do more of those tomorrow. We got some on baseball as we do this podcast. We're waiting to see if there's going to be 162 games or none. Um, could go either way, I suppose. The SEC tournament, basketball tournament. Starting at Emily Arena today, the Florida Gators are playing at noon. Stop traffic. I'm going to be covering college basketball this weekend. I think it's still – is it still two points for a basket, Steve? Is there – Well, there are three-pointers now, you know. Oh, there's three-pointers now. Oh, there were three-pointers when I covered them back in the day, oh, okay. too. But, but yeah, um, assuming Florida didn't go to the – TV, so. There, exactly. Uh, it's also with a capital A. Assuming that uh, that Florida doesn't uh, advance to the semifinals or the finals, um, which would might bump me, and then Matt Baker would take those those gigs. Yeah, I'll be out there watching uh, what Auburn and Tennessee, Auburn and Kentucky. We'll see how it how it all comes out. But um, that's that's starting, of course, today. And uh, gotta see if the Gators can win. Uh, we talked about baseball. The Lightning try to bounce back from their loss at Winnipeg. They're at Calgary as they continue their. Road trip odyssey with the SEC basketball tournament in town. That's one of the reasons why they're on the road. So we'll follow them as well. And more of your mailbag questions. You can submit them to us at any time. If we didn't get to yours, we'll get to them tomorrow. But certainly send them in uh, 
when you can. You can reach me at NFL Stroud on Twitter. You can send it to us at SportsDayTB on Twitter, or my email address is rstroud at tampabay.com. For Steve Burstink, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. 